This episode of Market Foolery is supported by NetSuite, the business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform. Download their free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, today at netsuite.com fool. It's Monday, August 26th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Matt Greer, and I am joined by Motley Fool analyst Emily Flippin and Ron Gross. Welcome. How are we feeling? Hey, Mac. Pretty Dog good. days of summer here. Dog days Finishing of summer. It up. I've, I've had a nice little break, so I'm tan. I haven't or, seen you in months. As what tan a little as little break. Get. I know. I know. It's true. <laughs> it's been a very generous break. Thank you, Motley You look Fool. good. You look well-rested. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I feel well-rested. And we got lots to talk about. We've got some new health concerns with vaping. Mm. And I have a lot of questions about this vaping. I'm just, I'm not sure it's a good idea. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that. No, no, no. I think it's the devil's playground. Okay. And also, we're going to talk about Target getting some Disney magic. Target and Disney teaming up here. So we'll get to all that. But let's begin with Tesla. Now, according to reports, Tesla will raise prices in China on Friday. That's earlier than planned. And Tesla, according to the same reports, also considering raising prices again in December should the Chinese tariffs kick in. So, Emily, you're one of our resident experts on China. And now we're seeing some of the ripple effects, potentially, of all this trade war stuff. Tesla, we should add, currently imports all of its cars it sells in China. That's an important note right there. The fact that Tesla, as it stands right now, is selling every car in China that they produce here in the United States. So the 25% tariff on automobiles that China is putting into place or considering putting into place with the US would hit Tesla very hard. That's in addition to a 5% tariff on auto parts as well. So it's kind of a minefield for Tesla right now. They're trying to meet what they see as expanding demand in China while still navigating the tariffs. Uh, for the business as a whole, the most important thing is the fact that you know they've been working on the Shanghai Gigafactory, so a factory there in Shanghai, China, that would produce cars that they could then sell in China for a while now. But they've kind of been going through their own minefield and getting that up and running. So the fact is, is that simply they're not going to have it up and running this year, and they're probably going to start trying to front run deliveries to China in advance of the December tariff hikes. Yeah, I couldn't tell if this was a Tesla story or a trade war story or a little bit of both, but I think it's it's an actual real world example of how trade wars and tariffs can actually impact companies. In this case, U.S. companies. Um, everyone should sit up straight and listen and see how how this can impact it. It's not like Tesla was kicking, knocking the cover off the ball. So this this is another little thing that they're gonna not little another thing that they're gonna have to deal with, and it is the consequence of trade wars. Um, President Trump said they're easy to win, and maybe one day we'll say they are, but as of now, it doesn't appear to be the case. And when we look at Tesla's business as a whole, Emily, how important is China? If I'm investing in Tesla, or if I'm considering investing in Tesla, how much should this concern me? Last time I looked, China actually accounted for about one-fifth of Tesla's sales. So this is actually pretty concerning. It's a little surprising the stock hasn't moved much today, actually, on this news. But that might be in large part because tariffs, as we found, and trade wars in general, tend to change rapidly. So. We don't actually know what the situation will be like in December. I think we all see how quickly, uh, you know, administrations and politicians tend to to go back and forth on things like trade wars. But what's important is the fact that companies have to prepare in the environment in which they know right now. So, you know, Tesla, which has had a problem for a while, and 
and getting deliveries out of their factory. Not a demand problem, as they say, but a delivery problem. Whether or not they can really actually deliver these cars in advance of a tariff hike that they see coming in December is the big unknown here. I think we should add, um, as at least walking into the studio, I noticed that Tesla hasn't confirmed that this is actually the case. As of now, it's just a report, um, a little bit more than a rumor, I think, but just a, a report. Um, and we'll we'll see if Tesla comes out with a comment later. It's August, Ron. I mean, we need something here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to vaping. Illinois officials confirming that one person has died after being hospitalized with a severe lung illness after using e-cigarettes. Now, this is the first death reported from a vaping-related lung illness. Emily, there is so much that we don't know about vaping and about the long-term effects. So I want to be careful careful here. But we, we do know that it's been marketed as a safer alternative to traditional cigarettes. So what do you make of the vaping news? And as our cannabis expert, what do you make of the, the potential link or the implications for the cannabis industry? I'll take cannabis expert as my <laughs> title now. Um, actually, it's important to note the difference between smoking and vaping. A lot of people may not be familiar. So, smoking, obviously burning, whether that be like tobacco for the nicotine effects. And that's been, for a long time now, proven to cause lung cancer. So, vaping came up as a healthier alternative to smoking. It uses water vapor to get you your addictive chemicals, whether that be cannabis or nicotine. Um, and so, it was perceived to be a healthier alternative because that water vapor itself was not linked to the tar and cigarettes that caused cancer. So, these new reports coming out that maybe vaping isn't as healthy as it initially seemed is not good for the industry. In large part, it's just that we don't have a lot of history to work on here with vaping. We don't have people that have been vaping for 20 or 30 years to prove those side effects. So, it's almost like we have a generation of, of many guinea pigs who have been the first generation to consume vapes in any large quantity. So, I expect that we'll see more reports like this. It is worth noting that the report is not nearly as bad as immediately causes lung cancer, but is to say that there are likely health effects to to vaping and, and using vapes as opposed to smoking cigarettes. Yeah, at the risk of stating the obvious, I, I just think we have to make sure we, we keep this out of the hands of, of kids, because kids kind of did learn the lesson about cigarettes, I feel. And now, Boom! Just when we all thought we were out of the water with our, that generation smoking cigarettes, they're they're vaping more than ever. Um, so if it's the fruit flavors or the bubblegum flavors or it's the marketing to children, I think the reg- I'd be f- firmly in favor of stricter regulation when it comes to, to children. I mean, even Nicorette, I believe, for example, is a prescription is necessary. So why can't vaping? Um, uh, nicotine also be prescription, perhaps. I don't know if the industry will ever go that far, but let's just try our best to keep it out of the hands of kids. And it, it's so interesting you say that because the FDA has actually been targeting regulations focused at keeping it out of the hands of kids. So the largest vape producer here in the United States, Juul, has flavored pods that the FDA has recently said are, are too attractive to children. So they've limited um, a lot of places that Juul can sell their flavored prod. Pod products, and I believe San Francisco's outlawed um, the sale of, of vape vaping products completely. Um, you can actually use them, I believe, in San Francisco, but you can't purchase them. Um, so maybe we'll see more of that. 
And before we get to our next story, I want to say thanks to NetSuite. Now, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. But the problem that growing businesses have, the thing that keeps them from knowing their numbers, is this hodgepodge of business systems. You've got a system for accounting, you've got another one for sales, another for inventory. Emily and Ron, what a mess! A complete mess. Systems everywhere, and it's so inefficient, taking up too much time and sucking up way too many resources. And that is where NetSuite by Oracle comes in. Boom! It's a business management software that handles every aspect of your business in an easy-to-use cloud platform, giving you the visibility and control you need to grow. With NetSuite, you save time, you save money, and you save unneeded headaches. And needed headaches. I don't think they're needed headaches <laughs> there's no, or there's unneeded There's no headaches. such thing as a good headache. And you save all of that by managing your sales, finance, and accounting orders and HR instantly, right from your desktop or phone. That's why NetSuite is the world's number one cloud business system. And right now, NetSuite is offering you valuable insights with a free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, at netsuite.com fool. That's netsuite.com fool to download your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits, netsuite.com fool. In our final story, we're going to lighten it up a bit here. Go to the Magic Kingdom, a little Disney and a little Target. Disney and Target joining forces. 25 Disney stores will open at certain Target locations across the U.S. on October 4th, with 40 more Disney stores expected to open within Targets by October of 2020. And Target is set to open a store near the Walt Disney World Resort in 2021. Ron, <laughs> that part of the story doesn't make any sense. I love this. Ron, is <laughs> the beginning this, is good. Is this a great partnership or a really, really great partnership? Because this, to me, seems like a no-brainer. I really like it for Target. Target's toy department. Now, this is I'm going back a few years because my kids are older now. Was never impressive. It was not an enjoyable experience. I think this makes really good sense. Um, obviously, they'll be selling products that that everyone is really looking forward to. They'll they'll coordinate the launch with the Frozen 2 and the Star Wars release um, that's coming up. So I, I really I really like this. Interestingly, the last several quarters, if not several years, has really been about competing in the online space against folks like Amazon and really, you know, becoming this multi-channel company. Um, so, for example, recently uh, last week, Target had a really blockbuster quarter where digital sales are up 34 percent. Online is more than half of its total same-store sales at this point. Um, so things are looking really good under the leadership of Brian Cornell. But the stores are doing pretty well too. Store traffic was up 2.4% in the end of last quarter. At excuse me, in the last quarter, and so I think something like this, a move like this, will even help further uh, bring people into the actual stores. So it won't just be an online story. Perhaps it will be an actual brick and mortar story as well. And Ron, you were talking about the performance, and we were talking before the show about the five year charts because that's what we like to do. We talk about five year stock charts because we're we're fun guys, right? <laughs> yeah, that's and, fun, all right. And Target over the last five years up seventy two percent. Disney up around 46%. So, Target has been crushing it. I mean, Disney, not too shabby, but Target really getting it done. One thing that I thought was really interesting from this story, it's a stat, and I apologize, I'm going to butcher this name, Bob Chapek. So, sorry, Bob. But he's a chairman of <laughs> Disney Parks. Yeah, Park. Bob's listening. <laughs> but apologize to the whole Chapek family. <laughs> Mr. Chapek. <laughs> He said that there's a 90% overlap between Target and Disney customers. Now, I have no idea um, where Mr. Chapek 
got those numbers or what that means. But if it's true that there is a 90% overlap between those two customers, then hey, maybe that means really great things for not just Target, but Disney as well. I think that's low. I think there's like a hundred percent overlap. <laughs> Every single person. Yeah. You know, the Disney store is, has never hasn't really been a, a pretty picture. Those store, stores have not really executed very well. Most people don't realize Children's Place actually owned them and operated them. Is that true? From like 2004 to 2008 until Disney took them back because the subsidiary of Children's Place that was operating them filed for Chapter 11. Um, so the stores have never been really a gangbuster part of this story here for Disney. So this is actually probably a nice little move to to kick that into gear. And as we wrap up here, do you have a favorite and least favorite Disney character? Or let's 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 look at it through the prism of an investor. How about the most undervalued Disney character and the most overvalued? And I can start. I think Mickey Mouse overvalued. Wow. Yeah. I'm going strong to the hoop there. He's an icon, you know. Yeah, and Minnie, I mean, Minnie does not have as big of a role. That's why I'm going Mickey. I think the valuation is way too heady. So I'm I'm selling Mickey. Wow. Goofy? Um, I get Goofy and Pluto mixed up. Which one owns Wait, you the come other on. one? Goofy owns Pluto or Pluto owns I Goofy? I didn't think it was an ownership well, structure. There's, there's, a, there's a pet. One is a pet for the other. Goofy's Goofy, I would say, is the owner of Okay, those then two. Goofy Goofy is my underrated. Those characters we're actually talking about are so old school, though. It's like yeah, you know, okay. well, when people think of Disney, you know, yeah. topic, topic. princesses were big mm-hmm. for a while. Obviously. Who do you got? Then? Who do you got? Overvalued. <laughs> Wait, those 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 two sisters um, with the ice, the frozen, frozen. Ella. Oh. Yes, no, undervalued though. Okay, there's good. that new. Mo- aren't they making a second yes, movie? Yes, yes. No, I think that's good. Yeah. Undervalued. And do you have overvalued? Oh, I, you couldn't have me name any more Disney characters. Donald than Duck. That. Okay, there you go. Donald or Duck. Scrooge McDuck. Never, never understood. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck. I unfortunately you I put a I, monocle I on a guy, and he's all of a sudden a new character. <laughs> okay, Ron, what do you? You got to You got to come to the hoop here. Uh, listen, my kids, especially my daughter, adored the princesses, especially Jasmine. So Jasmine was huge in my house, and um, I will always, she will always have a, a warm spot in my heart. Um, so I think she's actually undervalued for all the, the great times she's, she's provided my family. Overvalued? Overvalued. Um, anything having to do with... Chip and Dale. Oh, I forgot that those are Disney. I don't think they're Disney. They're like squirrels or rats. I'm not sure where they were. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think some of the some of the the old school ones that we just mentioned are are kind of they've had their day. Steamboat Willie. (laughs) Again, that's Mickey, isn't it? You put Mickey, let him whistle, and he becomes a different character. It's August, people. It's a free show. Okay, so for our desert island question here, we've got Tesla, we've got Target, we've got Disney. We're going to lay off the vaping because I don't even want to start. No good with it. vaping investments you can think of, Matt? Um, I could think of, I mean, do you want to throw in a, like a cannabis basket there? Oh, well, there's a lot of companies I think that could be really hurt by that. One thing I thought was interesting was the fact that uh, tobacco producer Altria actually owns 35% of Juul. You'd think they'd be hurt by this, but they actually have some investments into smaller companies that are looking for things like edible edible nicotine. So, ways Ooh, to ingest wow, without wow. smoking or vaping. So, maybe that's something to keep an eye on. But I don't I don't think I'd want to add that to our, our basket our of companies. Island, our no. island, okay, let's just stick with Tesla, Target, Disney. For the next five years, you can only own one. What are you going with? My kids have owned Disney for 17 years. And I'm sticking with it. The House of Mouse is, is my go-to. Yeah, sorry, Mickey. I feel um, bad. I have to agree. 
Yeah, yeah. Out, out of those three, I think Disney, especially when you look at Disney Plus and how exciting that could be coming up here in November, there's just a lot of opportunity. 21st, 20th Century Fox is being mm-hmm. uh, integrated. Lots of good stuff on the horizon. Yeah, and I'm a Disney shareholder, too. And I want to clarify, I like Mickey. I just think he's overvalued. It's a valuation thing. It's not a popularity thing, right? I mean, it's, can Mickey get any more popular? Uh, no. No, he's everywhere. No, except Target. But soon. <laughs> Okay. As always, people on the show may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Ron Gross, Emily Flippin, it is our summer spectacular dog days of August special. Oh, it was spectacular. All Thank right. you so much for joining Thanks, me. Thanks, Mac. Thanks. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Austin Morgan. I'm Matt Greer. Thanks for listening, and we will see you tomorrow.